Hello and welcome to Don't Tell Me What to Do, the astrology podcast. I'm Lisa Kiss, your host, and I'm also an astrologer, teacher, and conscious business guide. This podcast is named after one of my favorite sayings and expressions to live your life. We're all here to experience life in our own unique ways. So keep listening to explore different views of living life through astrology, business, and personal development as we go through the Zodiac seasons together and with our guests. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am here with Rebecca Serino. We connected through a magical women and money group that we're a part of and um, I just had to invite her on the podcast because I discovered we have the same moon and rising sign but also um, in this group she's a fellow Canadian and I just felt so called to reach out to her so I'm going to pass it on to her um, to properly introduce herself but I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I have been yeah just I've been part of MWM for a year now and I just all the women I meet in my group are just incredible entrepreneur, magical humans. And I just, I love it. So a little bit about me. Um, I am the founder of The Wild Alchemist, which is my uh, my dream business, my life, my mission here on earth <laughs> um, to really empower women and ignite their purpose and their their truth and how to how they can alchemize their their past and any of their limitations that they've experienced in their life, how they can transmute that, alchemize that into purpose, into power, into truth, into who they are and who they came here to be and how they can make a living doing that. So that's a little bit about the business side. I'm a Reiki master, um, multidimensional healer and feminine embodiment and energetics mentor. Mm-hmm. All of the greatest things. So I really like to just weave in my my intuition, my psychic abilities, my clairsentience to tap into other people's gifts and kind of teach them how to bring it forward as well and live into like that true embodiment of self. That's beautiful. Which one is clairsentience? Clairsentience is feeling. Feeling, okay. Okay, I think I have the one where it's like sound downloads. That's the one for me. Yes, I discovered that recently. It's very interesting to like pay attention to, but like randomly songs will come to me. Um, yeah, like to, and it like describes the moment. It's very, very interesting, but yeah. That, that actually, ha- that happens to me quite a bit actually too. It's, it's that the main one though, I feel like for me is that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you want to get into the astrology first and talk about, We'll say like your sun, moon rising first. Um, so your triple water, you know this, but that's basically like intuitive feeling everything. So um, your cancer sun, cancer rising and Pisces moon, um, which I love. I feel like that's just like a beautiful combination. I feel like the cancer and the Pisces energy is a little more softer water than let's say like Scorpio. Um, yeah. But do you find that you do have like a, because your sun's in the first house, your moon's in the ninth, like that little bit of fieriness that comes through because like water rule, like it's the start of your, of your house, like all the houses. Yeah, I feel, well, okay. So two things on that. So yes. And because of where the cancer is, so it's in my first house, um, 
it's all about womb, nurturing, mother, and wealth. And all of that is what really my business has kind of evolved into. Um, so I do a lot of like womb healing and wealth activations. More than that, the fire piece, my, and I know we'll probably talk about that a bit, but my Mercury, Mars, and Venus, I want to say those three are all in Leo. Yes. So it's, it was quite a challenge to kind of balance that until now. Now I know how to fully embody both of them, but there was always this like, who am I? Am I this like intuitive watery sign or am I this like fiery outgoing personality? And I couldn't understand how to be both. So now I've really weaved that into, I've used my business as my like fullest expression of self. Cause then I get to use those intuitive gifts, but then be the like forefront of my business and step out and be in my power, which is that Leo fire. Yes. I think when I first followed you, I thought you were a Leo sun sign because even like your hair, it's like big and bold and expressive. And then I'm like, oh, she's a cancer. But then yes, you have like a Leo stellium just like right there. So that's like amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I always like to always like bring up Saturn as like a a thing in, in readings, but um have you how long have you done your business like was it part of your Saturn return I'm just curious (laughs) (laughs) funny that's when it all started like the the initial upheaval of all that I was doing so I had a a quick little background I had a concussion during my Saturn return a concussion that literally halted my entire whichever direction I was going was like hard no And it was right during my Saturn return and it redirected me into the spiritual realm. I had no connection to spirit previous to that concussion. And the universe was basically like, here's your smackdown. You need to pause. And then from that moment, all I could do was meditate for hours on end. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started tuning into my spiritual gifts and then that led to my business. Yes. So I set the intention to create my own business during that time and then it evolved I started it I'll be two years officially in May okay that's exciting um but yeah I find the uh the Saturn return has that like big realignment moment so that definitely Mm -hmm. happened for you but um yeah having it I've never experienced a concussion but I hope everything is like okay now like like post a few years from that happening (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the best thing that ever happened to me, to be honest, because it, I'm where I am now, like I'm, I healed myself. That was like how I got into Reiki. That's how I became a Reiki master was I learned to heal myself. And I wouldn't have known to do that had I not had that. Mm-hmm. So it Now I'm a lot better. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and then my big thing recently has been the midheaven. So do you know a lot about your midheaven point in Pisces? I do not. And I don't even know what the Leo stellium is, to be honest, that you mentioned. <laughs> okay. So um, I read the chart with like the whole sign house system, just so everything is like equal um, and everything's the same size. Uh, I have Mars and Virgo, so I just like it to look all like, like organized in a way. But the Leo stellium in the second house, I mean, it just means you have like an abundance of the energy all kind of like working together to support you in the realm of like self-expression, creativity, 
Um, and then it being in the second house, like the very practical grounded earthy things or even like money or um, I've always interpreted like Leo ruling the second house as like, you will be the most abundant version of yourself when you're just you, like when you, when you're just you, like I'm working with that too, because Leo's my second house as well. Um, but then you look to like your sun sign. So when you're really embodying that sun and cancer in the first house, it's just like, boom, you're like the most abundant or you feel the most like magical or grounded. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sounds about right. Spot on. <laughs> Yeah. And then um, your midheaven in Pisces. So, I mean, what you're doing is like literally the embodiment, I feel like, of midheaven in Pisces. And your moon is conjuncted as well. So, um, whatever you're like offering and how um, I guess you're seen within your business, uh, I mean, there's probably a very like emotional connection to the work that you do or like the people that you serve because your moon is right there. Um, but you're almost seen as like a spirit, like someone who's very spiritual or who has a very like kind of calming presence. Um, but Pisces is healing. It can even, I don't know if you work with people who are in like life transitions of like endings and things like that, that can come up because Pisces is the last sign. Um, or if anyone, um, anyone ever in like a session grief comes up as well. This is so weird that you're saying all of this. Yes, grief has been a huge recently. I it hadn't been previously up until this point. Now it's like I'm really embodying it. Um, is having is leading more. Yeah, grieving people grieving past lives, past identities, um, transitioning into new businesses, grieving the past. But I also was in a session for myself a little healing, a little healing. I did a four hour healing session with that my guides led me through. And I talked a bit about it in my podcast, but it's, they had me hold the grief of my ancestors. And when I say hold it, they had me go into this meditation and literally feel into the grief that they felt in having to lose certain members of the family, having to go through certain traumatic experiences because they weren't able to process it. So in order for me to move on and heal the family line, I had to, got to process the grief for them. <laughs> so it's funny that you say that. And then the, the opposite side of that, because I was able to hold that, they allowed me or led me through the profound love that my family felt for one another. So I got the balance, but yes, grief is a huge part of my work now. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. And that, um, does the ancestral theme come up a lot? Just, I, I find like um, just through being a cancer rising, you feel very connected to like your roots or where you come from. And yeah. it can feel almost like a little difficult to know how to work with that. Or you even feel like you're trying to break certain patterns and like do something different than what was done before. A hundred percent. And that's what has happened. It's like that again, wasn't something I would looked at previously. And in, in the past six months, my business has really shifted to healing the ancestral lineage, healing that. So, the, and bringing a lot of my clients too, are those women who, or those men who are the change makers, the pave makers, the new, the ones who are no longer carrying forward that pattern or those habits. And there's really so much power in knowing that we can heal from that. 
as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I don't know if there's anything, is there anything else in your chart you want me to go over? I mean, there's two things that I kind of want to say. But... Go for it. You take over. Okay. Um, so, okay. You have Jupiter and Gemini, which I love that because I'm a Gemini, but um, it's in the, it would be like in the 12th house. So there's almost like an expansion through like connecting, communicating, but also like even like learning, educating yourself, but about spiritual topics and the other realms and everything like that. Yep, that is literally my life. <laughs> I spend half of it in another realm. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty crazy. Oh, I have to ask about dreams then. Do you have like vivid dreams? Always. Since okay. I was, since I can remember, I was always having vivid dreams. And like I would used to tell my mom, I used to freak, well, it freaked my sisters out, but. I used to like just have deja vus all the time be like I remember this I remember this and like my dreams were so vivid that I'd wake up like yeah sharing them with everyone and sometimes they were like premonition style as well mm -hmm. yeah it's the same thing for me it almost feels like I'm not sleeping I don't know how to describe it like I wake up feeling so tired and I'm like was I asleep or was I just like traveling in another dimension I'm traveling girls what you were doing <laughs> but I mean you can say that to most people and they kind of look at you like what are you talking about but I do think it's a thing so a definite thing it is a definite thing mm -hmm. and then um your north node in Aquarius have you studied your north node placement I know a bit about it my I have another astrologer friend who likes to share all of that with me but not well enough so you please okay. dive in and tell me everything okay. So the North, North Node in Aquarius is really cool because it means your South Node is in Leo, which is like sitting with all that other Leo energy down here. And it's almost like your soul knows how to do the Leo and you have a lot of energy there supporting it. Um, but it's telling you go to that opposite side and it's in your eighth house, the way I'm reading it here. So um, it's almost, it's like the diving deep house and like the, I call it the mystery house or the house of transformation but it's like you have all the tools and you sort of know, um, okay, the easiest way to describe this, the access of 2-8 is, um, I don't know if you've seen the photo on Instagram. It's just, I feel like it's the most beautiful expression of the energy. It's like a rose, this beautiful rose. And it says Taurus, like second house. And then the bottom, like the roots and the dirt, it says Scorpio, which is the eighth. So it's like, you know how to make things beautiful and everything. It's like the flower, everything. And then you're like, okay, like, what are the roots? How do I get to that? What's going on? How do I investigate this and see what's happening? Um, does that, does that make sense? That makes so much sense. I've never heard it described that way. And I love that. Yeah. I I'm such a visual person. So when I tell like everyone's seen like a flower, so yeah. like it's, yeah. Cause if like the flower, let's say is kind of like drooping, it's like, okay, what's going on? And you get investigative of like, okay, what's the problem? And you normally have to maybe go a little deeper into what it is. So yeah, I like that little expression of it. I love that. And so when you're going towards the Aquarius North node, then it's like, cause when you have the South node, it's you're leaving the comfort of the South node to then prosper into the North node. Is that the whole idea? Yes. The more I study astrology, the more I'm like, each sign is totally their opposite. Like you have to look to the other side of things to see things. Um, so it's like, you know how to be, let's say a Leo, you know how to embody that energy. Um, like, you know how to like lead and um, 
you know, creatively express yourself and really just like, um, I don't know, almost like just show people what it like shine the light kind of energy. But um, at the same time, you can still take some of the good qualities of Leo with you as you go towards the North Node Aquarius. I, I feel like you, don't, you can't just leave all of it behind. Like you can take the good qualities with you. But I, Leo energy gets such a bad, um, like bad light sometimes where it's like, oh, it's the performer, only wants to be in the spotlight, only cares about themselves, super bossy. Like some of that will come up, but it's like, those are like, let's say the shadow side of it, but you take the good side and then you go towards the like leading almost like a revolution for other people or rebelling in a way and doing it differently. And that's North Node in Aquarius. Like that. Okay. Boom. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds spot on. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I feel like the work, is there, I mean, I guess the people that you grew up with or like that you know in your family, is anyone else doing work like this? No. No. <laughs> so you're like the one who's doing it. <laughs> you need to be like, um, your soul needs to rebel and just do something completely different. And it's felt like that since day one. Like since day one, I have been rebelling against it. And even more so like with my business now, um, it started out as like that very light bringing forth casting visions. And now it's very much like transformation, ancestral lineage healing, creating an entire new way of being for people. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've kind of just like watched as like you do things and change. And I always just knew it said Reiki master and I have my Reiki one and two. And I've like thought about getting my Reiki master, but like, I feel like it's a very big responsibility and mm -hmm. I know that when I do it, I'll be completely different after. So I've like, I was going to do it this year and I didn't, but I know in the future I will do it. Did you have like one of those, I guess, transformational experiences through kind of each level doing it? I have like chills at my arms. Yes, yes, yes. And like, just thank you also for saying how powerful and huge that responsibility is stepping into that master level because I think that's another thing Reiki kind of people just don't understand it and because there's so many different ways in which you can get attuned to it um people think oh it's just a weekend like adventure and you're certified I'm like it is so not that at all like the amount of healing that you go through the amount of personal excavation of like anything that is holding you back that you have to look at and then to then in the second level hold space for others heal others the master level is just next level like I just got it in February so coming up in a year and it was the most profound experience of my life it made me fall back in love with Reiki entirely um it just shifted me into like a higher wisdom almost and it the fact that you can attune others to level one and two, the fact that you can share this now and teach others how to be spiritual guides for other people, how you can teach others to heal themselves. Like what a freaking gift that is, but also, yes, what a responsibility that is. You like, you are responsible for bringing this out to the world. So it's a huge responsibility, but the most, my gifts skyrocketed once I got my master, like, itch I just had a whole new understanding of the world so I totally understand like you'll know when it's the right time to like I was I just I could have done it with someone in in Vancouver and I found this Reiki retreat in where was it 
is in California in Palm Springs, Palm Desert. And I was, I booked the ticket within two months I was there. I was like, I had to do it. And it's like, trust that pain when that happens. And yeah, it's the most incredible experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it was April. I was supposed to do it. And I was just like, something just like was preventing me. So I didn't, I didn't do it. So definitely not the right time, but um, yeah, the attunement does something where you feel really tired. I find like, um, or at least for me, I felt really tired. And then it was like, I, certain people I didn't want to like see anymore. And then I like just completely like, it's like the weirdest and you're like, where is this coming from? And it's almost like your intuition's like, okay, this is where you need to go. And this is what you need to do to get there. It's really, really cool. It's like, it's bringing you back to the core of who you are. It's bringing you back to the truth of who you are. And it's getting rid of anything that can't come with you. And I don't know about you. Did you have to do a 21 day practice after each level? Um, the first one, the the lady who I did my Reiki one and two different people for reasons, but the first person didn't tell me to do that. But the second person did, but someone brought it up to me and I was like, oh, I should have done that. But um, I did my Reiki with my mom has her Reiki one and two. She's the one she did Reiki on me when I was like 10 years old. So I did yeah. my Reiki one with her. And um, she's like, do the self Reiki before bed now, like to, to calm yourself down to go to sleep. So I was doing that, but I didn't know about the 21 day practice thing. Yeah, the 21 pra- day practice was what did it for me each time. Cause it's like, you're practicing on yourself. You're going, you're literally healing yourself level one, right? You're going through all of that. You're detoxing, you're sending it away. Level two is like, okay, what else can we excavate out of your body? What else can we leave from that can't come with you? And so it's like raising your frequency every time because you're no longer being pulled down by the weight of what was and what isn't in alignment with you. But it can be painful because then you've got to say goodbye to the life that you had and the people that were in it that aren't in alignment anymore. It's like that. It takes the veil away. It lifts the veil of illusion, basically. It's like everything that you've been putting up with, you can't put up with anymore. Yes, that's a great way to describe it. Yes. Um, do you want to talk more about the work that you do within energetics and like how I guess it's I feel like it's Reiki but like way more than just Reiki everything that you do and then um, yeah I guess we'll start with the energetics component but I have another thing written down but we'll start with energetics (laughs) okay so energetics and first off Reiki was the intro for me to energetics that's not true. Sidebar, sidebar, when I had that concussion and I was meditating all the time, my hands started moving in meditation to certain areas in my body. And I started feeling energy coming out of my hand, transferring into my body and actually healing areas. Didn't know about Reiki at the time. So the whole idea is, okay, so how can I put this into cohesive language? So everything is energy. Everything around us is energy. You tune into the frequency of a radio station, it to, it's energetically pulling you to the sound, right? So same with Reiki, you tune to a frequency, you get a certain healing frequency, okay? So I play with frequencies, let's say. So what my mission now has kind of shifted into is feminine and masculine energetics, how to harmonize them. So not in the sense of gender, feminine in the sense of feminine is flowy, light, creative, sensual, powerful. 
masculine in the sense of structure, um, more linear, but powerful holds space. So the idea of having those energies that exist within you, how you can hold both of them in your body. And then when you do that, you bring your body into union, which then brings your entire existence into union. So everything starts to flow easier. So energetics, when we're out of alignment, when we have blocks, emotional blocks or physical ailments or limitations, fears, doubts like that in our body, it blocks the flow of energy, right? You're no longer flowing consistently. And so let's say, you know, when you're wearing a tight sock and your blood cuts off, your circulation cuts off. It's the same with energetics in your body and in your aura. So if you're clouded with a bunch of other crap that isn't in alignment with you, you're no longer going to get the flow and you're no longer going to think properly. You're no longer going to create properly. When you remove that and you can clear that, that's when the quote unquote quantum leaps help happen. That's when the quote unquote, not even quote unquote, that the flow state can happen because your energy is just constantly flowing. So I recorded four podcast episodes in four hours one night, just flowed and started it and launched it. That's insane. That doesn't happen usually, right? But you, when you get into a flow state, it just happens. I created an entire program in 20 minutes, channeled it through me because I'm just such an open channel now. So the energy can just flow through and the creativity can just flow through. So that is what I kind of work with with my clients is clearing the energetic debris in their auras, clearing the energetic debris in their bodies so that they can become a clear channel, so that they can become a clear channel for who they want to be and like get creative and put it out into the world. Does that answer your question? That was a huge answer. No, it 100% does. Um, yes, totally. Uh, because... Yes, I do believe that everyone has the ability to almost like be the channel and, and get they're just not like aware or know exactly how to do it or they are they're blocked by certain things. But um, do you find that people who come for sessions or in your programs that they pull more to the masculine as opposed to the feminine energy? That feels all over. Yes. And that's the other thing, the polarity thing, like because I'm so deep in my feminine, I magnetize and attract the masculine in not just men, like in women, right? And so then I'm able to heal their feminine because that's, thank you for bringing that up. So when people are too much in their masculine, which a lot of women now are because we're in a society that is built on masculinity. It's built on toxic, not, I don't like saying toxic, but wounded masculine. So we are constantly hustling, constantly pushing, constantly trying to do, do, do. Feminine is all about being intuitive, allowing, being receptive. And so now if we have in a relationship, you're finding all these battles happening because the women are feeling they're not being met by the men because the men are softer or, or and can't, aren't being receptive to them. It's like, well, you're meeting them with this harsher push. You're trying to make things happen versus softening, allowing, and letting them come in. It's the same with business. If you're too much in your masculine, you're going to push for results. You're always going to be aiming for money versus impact or mission or purpose. It's never going to land and it's going to feel forced. When you can be open and receptive, tune into your gifts, allow, 
money flows in, purpose flows in. Well, purpose first, money flows after, once you align with it. But if we're constantly in this like push or we're in one energy and not balancing with the other, then it throws everything off. And same with feminine energy. If you're too much in your feminine, well, nothing's going to get done. <laughs> Let's be honest. So we need to, we need the masculine to hold the feminine so the feminine can be creative. So we need those structures. We need those plans to hold the creative flow of the, of the feminine. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. And it's the, I've always looked at it as almost like a cup, the masculine energy is like a cup and then you just flow inside the cup, but you got to have the cup there to be able to flow. But I'm definitely like guilty of being way too much in the masculine energy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very much that planner and like just everything I do, but uh, someone I was co-collaborating with, um, she does work with like um, conscious cycles, like that's her what her program is called. And she would always say, oh, I honor the, the masculine energy you're bringing and how like tapped in you are into the divine masculine. And I would be like, oh, thank you. I had absolutely no idea. But then I was like, oh, am I like too much in that? But um, yeah, do you have any like, um, I guess, advice for what to do to almost have a better balance of the two yeah absolutely um okay so if you're more in your masculine I shut my eyes so I can channel better <laughs> Don't um when you're in your masculine too much in your masculine the best thing to do is a question what am I afraid of allowing in what am I trying to control here um that is a great question to ask get curious about it first and then to lean into the feminine you want to create more flow. So like going throughout your day, this is like an easy, more surface level way is like go a different direction than you usually do in your mornings. Have one day a week where you just flow, where you don't plan, you just go because that's when the intuitive hits drop. And that's when you can start to just, that'll balance you out because you have at least one day totally dedicated to that. Um, Anything where you tap into your body. So slow flowing movements. I do a lot of somatic work or and like dance with my clients. So like really just moving in the body, breath, connecting to breath will get you into your body, like softer. Um, Anything that like nourishing foods, that's all more feminine, getting you into your feminine. The other way, if you're more in your feminine, create the structure. (laughs) Like, and it doesn't have to be like plan every single thing of the day, but like theme your days, even if you want, or, um, just have some kind of schedule, like plan your meals or like write out lists. Like those are all ways that you can tap more into the masculine. Okay. Yes. I'm definitely the list person. Lists are effective though. They do work. They do help. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess the other thing I had, I just had written down feminine embodiment, mm-hmm. but have we touched on that? Or is there more to the feminine and feminine embodiment work that you do? so with feminine embodiment it's mm -hmm, how can I describe it it's more about really because so many of us have this wound around receivership and if we can't receive we can't we block not only money but we block love and we block pleasure and we block 
those are my three favorite things to talk about. So we'll just say that. And so you block your blessings, basically. So when you're embodied in your feminine, you are open and you are receptive to innate wealth. So you're open and receptive to more money, to more connections that are deep connections. You're open to love on the daily and you're open to receiving more pleasure. And that's the whole other thing. But it's when we... Feminine embodiment is feeling into the body on the daily. It's leading from the body, not the mind. And it's, yeah, moving from the body first and then the mind. And it's a whole new way of being and it's a whole new way of existing. But it it just makes life so much more effortless and so much more easeful. And so that is kind of what, not kind of, that is what I bring forward for my clients. And the reason I teach it is because me, tuning into that and truly embodying feminine, that feminine energy. Um, it just changed my entire life. And it's a challenge because you have to let go of like the more patriarchal side of things and the way of doing things. But once you do, it just, you witness life flow so much more beautifully and you're so much more connected to a higher power and you're so much more joyful and living into love and living into money and living into pleasure. It's a really beautiful thing. So, yeah. Yes. I saw that I was like, I clicked through all of your links beforehand and I saw the thing, the money, love, pleasure, and the connect, like they're all connected, but um, some people, like you don't, I guess, what am I trying to say? It's like you subconsciously know they're connected, but like you might not realize it in the day to day, how they all kind of flow um, together what am I trying to ask here? Do most people know that they're connected when they come to you? No, okay. <laughs> I didn't even know they were connected. I kept hearing, and this is like, I'm diving deeper into this and gonna be sharing more about it and teaching on it, but this is back to frequency, energetics, okay? So the frequency, the baseline frequency that we all live on is love, okay? So that's the power of Reiki, it brings you up to that level. But love is what we innately, the frequency of love is what we all exist on. Money is on the same level because money is just a neutral, a neutral thing. It's a currency, but it, it's the pleasure that we feel when we get the amount that the money provides, right? It's the pleasure that love provides. Pleasure also exists on the same frequency. So if we're blocking ourselves from receiving love or if we're blocking ourselves from receiving money, or if there's no purpose to that money, if we're not feeling pleasure because of it, like, you know how there's rich people who have a ton of money, but have like no real meaning because they've blocked themselves to pleasure. So they all exist on this one frequency. And when we can tap into each one of them and allow all of them, that's the harmonizing. And that's the full embodiment of bliss, freedom, purpose. All of that exists there. Okay. Yeah. Yes. That sounds, yeah. <laughs> more as I am able to intellectualize it for the world but yeah mm -hmm. yeah I yeah I feel like it it's more just like what you're saying like the feelings you can't necessarily describe the feelings because they're feelings and yeah mm -hmm. and that's the same with frequency you can't see it it's just exists mm -hmm. you tap into it you tune into it and like how do you do that you do that through these work the works that we do like the like Reiki, that is something that taps you into those frequencies. Reiki is a love frequency. That's what it is. Breath work taps you into your heart. 
Where do you think your heart exists? The love frequency. So it's like, yeah, frequencies are another whole thing. It, it, the best way to describe it is just how do you tune in? How do you receive like your phone messages? It's all done on frequency. And like the most powerful people in the world understand that and know that and have mastered it. So it's like the more of us that can get in tune with that and learn it, the better. Yes. So do you want to share how everybody can find you and work with you? I'm going to have your links in the, the show notes, but. Yeah, absolutely. So right now, best way to find me is on Instagram at thewildalchemist.co. Um, my website is currently being built by my team. They're putting together many offers on there. So that will come. Um, so just go to my Instagram and it'll all be there. Uh, what was I going to say? Offer wise. Next week, I'm actually launching my uh, first group container called Activated Wealth. So it's actually going to be all around everything we just spoke about. So uh, healing the ancestral lineage, healing, clearing, and upgrading your body to welcome in more wealth, um, really focusing on how to tap into the energetics of money, love, and pleasure hilarious that we were just talking about that um i also have a podcast called awakening with the wild alchemist that i just started and it's on all the platforms so go check it out i feel like i need to ask where the name the wild alchemist originated from I, that's not in my questions but now i'm like i'm just so curious <laughs> it's one of those things that i you know, when you, I don't know if you've had these moments, but when you, you name yourself or you have an idea before you even know what it's going to lead to. And it, I had no, so what I did actually, astrology is what helped. Uh, Cherries Mooney had a freebie kind of situation where you look at your archetypes. And one of my archetypes was The Alchemist. And The Alchemist was my favorite book. My favorite book, if anyone, Paolo Coelho, he's a freaking incredible incredible writer but it's the alchemy idea is turning something less desirable so lead to gold okay mm -hmm. so for me what I do I turn the past the pain into purpose and power into gold so we turn that darkness into light and that's that's the alchemy side the wild I just never felt like I'm just the wild up. I'm not just the alchemist. Like there's something wild about it. And it's funny now, like before I thought it was more like that feminine wild energy. It is that chaotic kind of free flowing. That's the wild for me. Like there's no cage. It's just, you are fully expressed. You are wild. But now it's funny. Like every time I do this work with my clients and even in, I'm in a couple masterminds right now, like developing my own gifts. I just, every time I have an experience, I'm like, that was freaking wild. Like, there's no other words to describe what just happened. So it's just funny how, like, the little breadcrumbs that, that or not even breadcrumbs, like, the stars that create the constellations of what your life is going to look like. It's quite funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where it came from. <laughs> That sounds so beautiful. The stars of the concept, that's, that just sounded so good. If when you go, if you go back and listen to it, you can put that like as a quote or something. <laughs> loving it I will do that okay and then the how I like to end off everything is just saying like advice from your sun sign so any advice you have for anyone listening as a cancer sun sign I love that trust your freaking intuition trust it trust 
the desires that you have, trust the, even when it feels so much bigger than what's possible for you, honor it, trust it, move with it because you have those desires for a reason. And as a cancer, you feel into everything. But I think everyone knows this. You all have desires within you. And if you listen to them and honor them and go with them, it all falls into place. That's my advice. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'd love to hear from you on Instagram or by leaving a rating or review. It would also mean the world to me if you subscribe to this podcast, if you enjoy today's episode. If you'd like to support the podcast and continue to discover the don't tell me what to do vibration, there are three different ways you can keep listening to these podcast episodes that I put out weekly. You can also purchase the subscription version of the podcast, which is new, for exclusive episodes. Or you can purchase my book, which has the exact same name as this podcast. So with so much love and gratitude, see you very, very soon in the next episode.